Revelations 21 and 22. I'm going to begin reading momentarily. Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. <clears throat> this is the Word of God as John experienced several visions revealed to him by the Lord, especially at the end of his book, The Glory of Heaven. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I like night. I like nighttime, especially when it's time to go to bed. Get that room nice and dark. If you need maybe something to cover your eyes, you put your head in the pillow and just settle down and close your eyes nice and dark. And oh, Better get back to my sermon here. Um, <laughs> that's a wonderful feeling. Close your eyes and just have that darkness envelop you. Nighttime is a wonderful time usually to be with the family, gather around the dinner table and discuss what's happened during the day. Nighttime, uh, early evening, is a wonderful time to rest and relax from the activities of the day. There's the beauty of the, the sky at night, the night sky, and the glory of the stars, and if it's available, the moon, and the glory of the moon. It's the ambiance of nighttime with candles at a table at a little restaurant, or Christmas lights, There are many nice things to say about night. But in the scripture, nighttime usually has to do with darkness. And in God's word, darkness has to do with potential danger, with mystery, with the unknown, with fears. In the time when John wrote Revelation... There were no electric lights such as we have today. So when it got dark, it got dark. It was very dangerous to travel at nighttime. You did everything you could not to have to travel during the night. And make sure you were not locked out of the city gates. 
For once those gates closed, they would not open again until the sun came up the next morning. So night was something people were very much aware of. The Bible's reference to night almost always describes evil things, sinful things. John tells us in the book of the Gospel of John, men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. If a survey were made of the lives of those who physically and spiritually and morally have been ruined, undoubtedly it would show a great majority of them started on that path during the night. Therefore, we're going to find a wonderful encouragement in our message this morning. No more night. At the beginning of verse 5, which is going to be our launching pad to also look at some other things of the passage I read for you a moment ago. Verse 5 of chapter 22 starts out, and night will be no more. Now this seems to be a a strange emphasis for John to mention at this point, because after verse 5 in chapter 22, he's going to have his concluding remarks. But why does he end this magnificent book of Revelation with all of its strange symbols and visions describing such things as a sea of glass mingled with fire, the great white throne, a rainbow around that throne, 24 elders, seven spirits, the hallelujah chorus, the new song of the Lamb, trumpets, 144,000 redeemed people, streets of pure gold, 12 gates with 12 foundations adorned with every kind of jewel, a pure river, the water of life, the tree of life with 12 kinds of fruit. Wow, what, what magnificent imagery is there. All these things that are symbols of the glory of heaven, the glory that God has promised to his people. But the last thing John really says is, no more night. Why does he put that in there at this point? Well, keep in mind that the New Jerusalem is distinguished not only by things that are there, but things that are missing. It's really impossible to describe something that someone has never experienced. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 4, after making reference to his special visions that he received, makes his comment in 2 Corinthians 12, 4, he, referring to himself, he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. We wish in that passage Paul could have said, Paul, what was it like you had this vision of getting into the third heaven? Tell us what it was like. And in effect, Paul says, I can't. I just can't put it into words. How do you describe to an Eskimo what sand is? How do you describe to somebody living in the tropic area what snow is? Well, it's not this, it's not this, and it's not this. That's about the best you can do. And so an important thing that John tells us about heaven is no night is there. No more night. In verse 5, having said that, his next statement has to do with a new reality. There will need, they will need no light of lamp or sun. Now, I think the they refers especially to the servants at the end of verse 3, where it says his servants will worship him. But in worshiping the Lord, they will need no light or lamp of sun. 
Lights are very important to us, and it was very important to people who lived in the first century. Uh, We already talked about how dark it got at night, but even in the daytime, there were narrow streets, narrow walled streets, there were canopies and other things that made it even somewhat dark in some of those city areas. At night, of course, the only thing they had were artificial lights that they had to use, such as lamps, which would be lighting a candle or something, oil burning. And these would be not only in homes, but also in the temple as well. Therefore, very important to appreciate the sun by day and the moon by night. The luminaries of the very first creation in Genesis chapter 1, that God so marvelously has set in the heavens related to our planet Earth. So we get just the right amount of heat and just the right amount of gravitational pull by the moon. It's just right. The glory of the heavens, especially the sun and the moon. But our text, of course, alludes to the new creation. The new creation of heaven to come. The new heavens and new earth. No lamps, no sun or moon are necessary. Now, you may be surprised, some of you, that at the end of the prophecy of Isaiah, he deals a lot with the new creation, even though he lived way back hundreds of years before Christ. And in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 19, he said, The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. That's exactly what John is telling us here at the end of the book of Revelation. Now, it's not said that there will be no more sun or moon. It just says we won't need them because the glory of God will be so exceptionally bright. The sun and the moon will be outshone, if you will, by the greater light of God himself. And this will return to the original pattern of creation, which is what? What was created before the sun and the moon? Light. Light existed before the sun and the moon were brought in to their relationship to the earth. So it will be a restoration of the original creation. No more night means a new reality, something very different for us and very difficult for us even to envision. We think of how easy it is to have light. We look around just right now. Look at all the lights up there in the ceiling. Uh, We have the sunlight itself. We need light. But the time is coming when the dark shadows of night shall disappear and the light shall come that shall never go out. We won't have to turn on, turn it off, turn on, turn it off because there will be no more night. Going on in verse 5, we find a reference to the glorious radiancy to which I've referred For the Lord God will be their light. Go back up to chapter 21, at the end of verse 23. For the glory of God gives it light. It's the glory of the Lord God himself which shall dim all other lights. Now, I've never been much of a camper. I've done a little bit of it. But I think I know what a Coleman lantern is. If I'm wrong on this, you can speak to me afterwards and correct me. But my understanding of the Coleman Lantern is that when it gets dark and you're out in the middle of the woods, you get this thing going, 
And soon the light begins to show where you are. It shows the sleeping bags and your, your equipment and whatever. And it serves as giving you light in the midst of darkness. It serves to kind of ward off wild animals or look threatened by it. And it's very, very bright. In a sense, it's almost like daylight if you get a good Coleman lantern. But now suppose that I was with you, you were with me out on a camping, and it's high noon. And I come to you and I say, well, let's light our Coleman lamp. We're going to need this light. If, even if I did it, you could hardly see it. Why? Because the glory of the sun is so far more brilliant, so more intense, that it's as if that Coleman lantern doesn't even exist. In heaven to come, God's glory, God's presence will be so magnificent compared to even what light we enjoy on earth. And in the new heavens and the new earth, it's going to be a whole different ball game. In the tabernacle, in the temple, there was light by the seven uh, branched lampstand. But in the Holy of Holies, there wasn't a lampstand. There wasn't a Coleman lantern. There wasn't a flashlight. There was no light except one kind of light, the Shekinah glory of the presence of God himself, which the high priest experienced once a year. And who knows what her thoughts were. If somebody asked him, Aaron, what was it like? I think Aaron must have said what Paul said. I can't even describe it. I can't even let you know what it was like. It was so magnificent. On earth, we experience created light. But in heaven, there's going to be the glorious radiance of all the perfections of God, all of his attributes, his love, his compassion, his benevolence, his power, his sovereignty, will all coalesce together in the hearts and minds of those who inhabit it. And we're going to be able to see everything in a new way, which we cannot see here. The luminaries of the sun and the moon will disappear as God himself enters into the new creation and makes his glory radiate throughout it. Going back to the 23rd verse of chapter 21, I didn't make reference to a very important phrase. Right in the middle of verse 23, for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the light. The way God's light shines through is through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said of him, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. It is Jesus Christ who drives away the, the darkness of ignorance and misery and guilt and moral pollution. The golden lampstand in the tabernacle and in the temple pictured the Christ to come. But in the new creation, he will be the fulfillment of all that. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It is through Jesus and one's relationship to him by faith alone that God's glory will be manifested not only in this life, but especially in the life to come. Nothing else is needed. 
1 John 1, 5, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. That's why there will be no more night. Already we see flashes of illumination of the new Jerusalem, even in our lives today. We read about the moral triumphs of Christianity. We read about the preaching of the gospel going out into all the world. We are here today getting a little glimpse of the glory of God. The lives of God's people. Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. You who are my followers, my believers, you are to live like lights. Let people know who you are, how you're different. Light reminds us of beauty. Without light, there would be no beauty in clothes or jewels. We cannot appreciate summer landscapes or winter snows or spring rivers or autumn leaves. And without the light of the Lamb, there's nothing good, comely, nor gracious about any of us. Without light, there would be no knowledge. Ignorance is darkness. But the light of God's truth reveals things that otherwise we would not know about. It shines light on what God has revealed to us in His Holy Word. When there is no more night, Christ's glory will teach us all that we wish to learn. We have concerns about God's providence at times, don't we? Why did God lead me that way? Why is God bringing this into my life? Why is God dealing to me this way? Those questions will be answered. Puzzling doctrines in the Bible. I don't quite understand what the Bible's teaching here. Why do Christians disagree on this point so much? That'll all be cleared up in the light of the glory of God. To put it poetically, there you shall see and hear and know all you desired or wished below. And every power find sweet employ in that eternal world of joy. No more night. There's one more thing in verse 5 we want to look at, beginning at that verse again. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And, and they, the servants of God, the saints of God, true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will reign forever and ever. Well, no, that's an interesting thought. We think of reigning, R-E-I-G-N, reigning, ruling, but over whom? Over what? It's really not said that they will reign over anyone or anything. So I think the answer is to understand what's involved that it means to reign, R-E-I-G-N. It means I believe here, to live as kings or queens. Satisfied with every need met. Living in comfort, peace, security, and happiness. I mean, let's face it. A king or a queen have a pretty good gig. 
Take Queen Elizabeth, for example. How long has she been on the throne? Over, over 50 years. And she's got it made. I mean, she has servants. She has all the jewels she wants. She's taken here, taken there. She can have whatever she eats. She can wear what kind of clothes she wants to have. It's, what an amazing thing. Think of a king. How great he's got it. And the power he has. He can give him orders. He said, I want steak for dinner tonight. And I want it medium well. And boy, the servant said, yes, sir, we'll go do it. Pretty, pretty good deal. They shall reign forever and ever. It'll be a reign that Adam had before he sinned. But with no possibility of a fall. No interruption by transgression. Believers will finally attain the objection the objection, objective for which man was created. When God finished his creation, what did he say? He looked at it, it was all very good. And then man messed it up. We were not created to be in the situation we are today with all of our sin and all of our problems and our discouragements. God has a better thing for us. With Jesus, we shall rule over the new creation. And I cannot tell you what that means. I cannot fully describe it except take you to these verses in Revelation, other passages where heaven is touched upon and we're given a glimpse of how wonderful it's going to be. But while we are there, we're going to reign forever and ever. Here, the progress of life and labor is checked and stopped, isn't it? Back in the first century, work for the night is coming. That was very important, as I indicated earlier. An employer might come to his servants and say, we're running out of daylight. We've got to get this finished. Work harder. Work faster. Well, why, why do we have to do that? The night is coming. We have to finish this before the night comes. Work was interrupted. But not in the life and labor to come. I believe heaven is going to be a place of unoccupied, of of ceaseless activity, not of unoccupied inactivity. We're not going to be sitting around on clouds strumming harps. What a light, and do that for eternity? What a horrible thought. I think the Lord's going to have much for us to do. And the neat thing is, we're going to be able to see it so clearly because it's the light of the glory of God shining through the new heavens and new earth without the limitations of our sinful selves and our sinful world. Forever and ever. Now there's an interesting thing that is brought out at the end of that 21st chapter. Did you notice how often there was reference to nations? Going back up to chapter 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 24. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And of verse 26. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. The redeemed from all nations, the picture is they're continually flowing in and out of this city. Because the gates are never closed. Read up that, that was up in earlier in that passage. The gates are wide open. They come in and out, in and out. 
ceaseless activity there. An interesting thought. Who knows what all kinds of assignments will be given to us to explore the new heavens and the new earth. Charles Spurgeon wrote many years ago, the universe so vast and so wonderful seems to have been made to be filled, be fitted to the eternal contemplation of created minds. And in this universe, there's an adaptation for the employment of mind forever and ever. Adam was given dominion over the old creation, and he blew it. But through Jesus Christ, we are going to be given dominion over the new creation, and we will be unable to blow it because we will be delivered from our sinful predicament. How important, then, that in this day, the times in which we now live, we become trained, we develop our talents and gifts, we prepare ourselves for this magnificent time to come. Nothing is so important on earth in your life day by day than to learn to walk with God and be trained for, his, for the responsibilities He has given you to do. With this final promise of no more night and the unending bliss of the redeemed, the visions of Revelation come to a very fitting conclusion. John knew what it was doing, putting this right there. And that truth is affirmed in verse 6. And he said to me, the Lord, the angel of the Lord said to him, these words are trustworthy and true. There's the stamp of the God himself saying this is going to be true for all those who come to me through Jesus Christ by faith. And so certainly this thought confronts us with the fact There's no way we can earn our way into a glorious place like this. Look at the end of chapter 21, the last verse, verse 27. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. Only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. We sang just a moment ago about the roll call. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. And I would ask you who are here this morning, when that role is called, will your name be in the Lamb's book of life? It will be if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, your Lord, you gave every evidence that this is genuine, and you're living a life seeking to bring glory to Him. Remember, the Bible also speaks about outer darkness, reserved for Satan, evil angels, and unbelievers. And that's the wonderful light of the gospel message, that God has not left us in spiritual darkness, but he's revealed himself in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that all who trust in him not only have their sins forgiven, but are filled with his spirit and enabled to love him, to serve him, to be identified with his people as we march onward to the Zion to come. Meanwhile, We're still here, aren't we, in the old creation? And we must continue to bear with the darkness and endure the dark things of life a little bit longer. But the time is coming when that dreaded darkness shall be removed and gone forever. There will only be day. There will only be light. No more pain. 
No more suffering. No more tears. No more discouragements. No more embarrassments. No more failed dreams. No more broken relationships. No more frustrations. No more death. In other words, no more night. Join me in prayer. Lord, we are encouraged with these thoughts. We live in a very dark world. A world in which we struggle with our own sin. But shining forth is the glorious message of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Through him, we look forward by faith to what you have prepared for those who love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.